0: I am your host, Play, and you have chosen The Flares Over Maldun. Vicious solar flares prevented our return to Maldun until now. The local star appears to have entered a new phase of its cycle, but the interim of five years has left us suspended in a mystery. The deadly flares were known to be occurring for well over forty years, and yet the Intrepid's Captain set course for Maldun knowing that we could not follow. Not until now, at least. I've been told by command that they have every confidence that the flares are no longer a problem, but I suspect someone is applying some pressure to close this case, and I don't think they care how long it looks like the flares will stay tamped down for. They're sending us in all the same. The Stigman was a hauler before it was retrofitted for combat during the war. I think we got the job to keep the private sector out of this in the event we find the intrepid at all recoverable. But if she tried to break orbit while the flares were in full force, I doubt there'd be much left to bring back. But we might find where the Intrepid went down, and if we're very, very lucky. Some of the logs may have been shielded enough to leave a record of what happened. We'll be in orbit over Maldon within the hour now. Life! I don't believe it! We have signs of life! We do not have a confirmed sighting of any personnel as of yet but near the crash site that was pinpointed by our probes, there are large tents surrounding the perimeter of what remains of the Intrepid, and they appear to be in good condition, which suggests to me that someone is maintaining the site. We are already preparing a shuttle to investigate, and I have high hopes that we can attach cables to the Intrepid for the Stigman to draw her up from on it. We will also be going down in EVA suits so that, at worst, the survivors, if there are any, You might think we make for a ridiculous sight, but the surface atmosphere holds too many unknowns for me. Given the star system's history, I can't understand how anyone survived. But I'll be glad to be proven wrong. We have begun securing the mounts to the Intrepid's Hall to support the recovery cables. Unfortunately, no one was here to greet us. The promising evidence of a thriving community is nothing more than a ghost town. Upon personal inspection, I can plainly see what I couldn't be from so far up that much of the tarp is tattered and unfit for shelter. Still, someone set these up and we're on the lookout for any sign of their fates. My technician, Mr. Wilson, has as yet been unable to access the computer core. It is entombed behind a heavy, corroded door that will require more brute force to gain entry than what we could bring with us, and there is the matter of leaving the core intact when we do. So for now, it looks like that will have to be up to the boys back at Midway Station. My people are already surveying for how much the ship is intact and buried beneath the surface before we try to carry it off. The stigman can drop heavier machinery if it proves necessary to dig the intrepid out first. One of my younger crewmen by the name of Billy Dash told his friend that he saw something and ran off into the brush in pursuit. He has failed to return and night is falling. In the interim, I learned that we should allot two days for concerted digging around the Intrepid before we complete the recovery operation. The heavy equipment shall be dropped in the morning. We are running round-the-clock searches for Mr. Dash. He should not have disappeared so easily. I don't know what to think. We'll be saved a little time and energy by the fact that this planet is on a 6-hour night cycle with a 27-hour day. I hope we find him. Mr. Dash walked into camp this morning for some breakfast like nobody was out searching for him. He has returned to work with the simple explanation that he got lost and cannot conceive of what he saw. Now Mr. Dash's friend, who first reported him missing, has run off. Witnesses saw Mr. Neal and Mr. Dash have some kind of altercation, where somehow Mr. Neal ended up thrown to the ground and then proceeded to run away from the excavation site. Mr. Dash has been confined for disciplinary action. He has failed to satisfactorily explain the situation to me, attempting to claim that it was just a private dispute and refuses to add anything more to the record. Now half my team is preoccupied with locating Mr. Neal. I feel responsible to maintain the search, but at this rate, this will add a fourth day to our operation here. Mr. Neal has been discovered attempting to retrieve a weapon from the shuttle. And for explanation, he has told me a wild story that Mr. Dash is not who he says he is. He claims his reasons for running away entailed being thrown across the room by Mr. Dash's mind after confronting him about behaving standoffishly. All eyewitnesses affirm they saw Mr. Neal thrown, but before they turned round at the commotion, they were forced to assume that Billy had either pushed or perhaps bodily thrown Mr. Neal, but that everyone regards the charge of telekinesis as absurd, including myself. I am inclined to believe that the prolonged history of Maldon's son has begun to introduce a detrimental effect on the mind of my crew, and we therefore can no longer afford to take our time with the Intrepid. What comes comes, and we will soon be ready to go with the recovery cables so that we can return to the stigma for the final lifting of the Intrepid. Much has happened since I last had time to make a log entry, and I must report that we have lost the Intrepid for good and all. This is what happened. Preparing for departure, we were loading Mr. Dash and Mr. Neal, strapped to stretchers as our means for securing them for transport. While being carried to the shuttle hatch, they were alongside each other, and Mr. Neal experienced a violent convulsion and foaming at the mouth. While the crew desperately attempted to render aid, I observed Mr. Dash smiling devilishly and became enraged so that I struck him across the face. The moment Billy turned his eyes to me, Mr. Neal's fit stopped. In that moment, I didn't want to admit it, but Mr. Dash saw that I'd begun to suspect that his friend was right about him, so that he then smiled and said to me, it was worth a try. He then proved to have the strength to break his bonds and leap from the stretcher while bowling over the crew intending to commandeer the shuttle. A good man by the name of Aaron Franklin happened to be standing at the hatch and was armed for the occasion to receive Mr. Dash and Mr. Neal, where he drew down on Mr. Nash and fired five rounds into him. The bullets never slowed him down, and Mr. Dash proceeded to throw the man back without ever touching him. The force was ample to kill Mr. Franklin on the spot. Realizing that we were about to lose the shuttle, I raised my wrist control to shout, Shuttle Lockout to my voice command. Slowly he turned, and I could see each of the bullet holes gushing forth with blood and Mr. Dash's face having turned pale and becoming gray before my eyes. He looked to be dead walking which he did step down from the shuttle and walked right up to. me. I'll just take you next, he said. Then the flares started. Just one flashed at first, and it was incredibly brief, but I saw whatever was possessing Mr. Dash recoil in pain from it. So then he leaped on me as soon as it subsided, and though I don't have first-hand knowledge, I believe that I was slipping into the sensation of being shot before another flare erupted and I threw Mr. Dash off before hurting the rest of the crew inside, in the course of which I took a knife to Mr. Neal's straps and carried him inside. I feared then that he was already dead. The flares failed to let up now and standing within the shade of the shuttle I saw Mr. Dash prostrate on his knees, soaking in the pain. The shuttle hatch initially refused to close due to the power fluctuations we were beginning to experience but after a second attempt we were sealed up and we left Maldunna in the dust. Once in orbit, Mr. Wilson asked if we were still going to transfer the cables to the Stigman. I attempted to communicate with our crew over on the Stigman and received no response. I decided to assume that she was suffering from the solar flares too, and we had clearly overstayed our welcome. I really don't know if the Intrepid's logs would have had the answers we seek, and rather than being ashamed of not bringing up the Intrepid, I'm rather ashamed that I left our end-of-the-cable suspended in orbit around the planet while we left the system to escape the flares. So now, maybe in another some forty years' time, if not gracefully more, some other sorry assortment will accept orders to come out here again. But given what we encountered, I feel strongly that the Intrepid's Captain was not out of his mind when he came here, that he somehow understood what he was facing. attempted to save us all by containing the entity here, and I think of how close we came to setting it free.